Welcome to GCAF Manila Podcast. Listen to God's Word on the go and on demand. Good morning, GCAF Manila and those who are with us online. Now, for those who have been with us the past few weeks, you would have known that we're in a series called Unashamed. And we're going to continue on that series in the book of Romans. So just a quick recap of what has been preached. Pastor Jeter has set the context of the book of Romans. And he, he preached that the church was not planted directly by Paul. But Paul being a slave and a servant of the Lord, he wanted to encourage the believers with deep insights of the gospel. He was also writing knowing that the church was composed of both Jews and Gentiles who had very different views and perspectives. And they were not united in a lot of things like customs, drinking wine, eating meat, submitting to government. And then Pastor Marvin preached about being a debtor to the gospel. So Paul was compelled to the gospel and Paul was compelled to share the gospel to those who have not heard it. That whatever hardships, how many miles he needed to walk, he would do that because the gospel was needed by those he was trying to reach. And our future pastor, Hurry, preached about unashamed of the gospel because it is the very power of God for salvation. He also preached on the big problem, which was God's wrath and the unrighteousness of man that we are all sinners and all of us deserve to die. Today, I'll build on the last part of Hurry's text, and I will be preaching with a title of Judge, Judge, Judge. So for you who are shocked why that's the, the title, marami din nagsabi sa akin, baka hindi mo pinag-isipan, Vians. Similar with Hurry. But this is well thought of. Uh, we'll talk about a judge, judge, judge. Before we pray, let's first read the text. In Romans 2, verse 1 to 11, in the ESV version, talks about God's righteous judgment. Verse 1, Therefore, you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges. For in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself, because you, the judge, practice the very same things. We know that the judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice such things. Do you suppose, O man, you who judge those who practice such things and yet do them yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you presume on the riches of His kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? Verse 5, But because of your hard, impenitent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. Verse 6, He will render to each according to his works, to those who by patience in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, He will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. There will be tribulation and distress for every human being who does evil, the Jew first and also the Greek. 
but glory and honor and peace for everyone who does good, the Jew first and also the Greek, for God shows no partiality. Let's pray. Lord, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for even the time to worship you, the freedom that we have to worship you, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would open our spiritual senses to receive what you have in store for us today, Lord. Lord, I pray that you'd allow us to have open heart surgery, Lord. Help us to come here and be willing to be corrected, be willing to be taught by you, Lord. I pray that you would open up our eyes, our ears to receive your word for us, Lord. Prepare our hearts for what you will be imprinting in our hearts, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this is this Sunday is quite, um, just to give you context, this Sunday is quite different because this is the first time ever that I wasn't able to sleep preparing for a preaching. And then this is also the first Sunday na sabay-sabay nagkasira yung mouse sa likod and all the things that have happened. So I'm excited to share the Word of God today because I know a lot of powers are trying to uh, distract us. So question, what comes into your mind when you hear the word judge? When you hear the word judge, what comes into your mind? So some, some people would say being judged or pointing what's wrong in others. You know, in my observation, even kids at a very young age already have a tendency to point and blame each other. You see this when they play with friends, and then if kahit hindi nila toy, if toy ng ibang child, susumbong din yan sila sa iyo na kinuha daw yung kanilang toy, which was not even theirs in the first place. And kahit sila ang nag-away, they will still blame the other. Inaway ako, kinuha yung toy. Because we all have the tendency to point fingers and blame others. Even at a young age, alam na natin paano siya gawin. We always see what's wrong with others, but we are very slow to reflect on ourselves. But before diving into verse uh, chapter 1, let's first connect what does therefore mean. So, if you see the verse 1, it says, therefore, you have no excuse. So, this is the favorite word of hurry. Therefore, because when you say therefore, it means there's something that connects before to the current text. So what does the therefore connect? So Hurry preached more about the I am unashamed of the gospel, but he also read about verse 22, 25 to 32. That is what's connecting to chapter 2. So it says here in Romans 1:22, claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. Verse 25, they traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the Creator Himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. Verse 29, it says, Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They even invent new ways of sinning and they disobey their parents. 
they refuse to understand, they break promises, they are heartless, and they have no mercy. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, yet do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. This is what connects to verse 1 in chapter 2. This is quite a heavy text and that's why we're going to have open heart surgery today. It's going to be quite serious than my usual preaching. So if you think about it, is this not familiar? Does this scenario seem familiar to us? Especially during the election campaign season. Have you seen greed and corruption during the season? Have you seen hate, corruption, toxicity? Have you seen murder? There are some areas where may patayan talaga. Have you seen deception? Have you seen lies, fake news, malicious behavior? Have you seen the gossip, the degrading, the destroying one another that plagued the nation for a few months? Have you seen backstabbing? Have you seen insolence, arrogance, rudeness to one another? Have you seen the proud, condescending tones? Have you seen the boastful self-righteousness? Have you seen this disobedience to parents, dishonoring them, disowning them? Have you seen the refusal to understand and the refusal to listen to one another? Have you seen no mercy? Have you seen this? They know that the justice requires the people who do them deserve to die. But worse yet, they encourage others to do them. Parang inaalaw pa natin, we encourage more, more of the things that they're doing. These are very key things. You know, I love the Bible because it's relevant even thousands of years into the future. It still talks about what we were experiencing the past few months. And that's why I'll talk to you about the three points of judge, judge, judge. Which is first, judger. The second is judgment. And the third is the only righteous judge. Judger, judgment, the only righteous judge. The three key points of judge, judge, judge. We'll start with verse 1. Judger. Therefore you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges. For in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself. Because you, the judge, practice the very same things. Is there anyone here who can say they have never judged? We have all judged. We all are judges. It says here in the Webster's Dictionary, para we have a definition of it. In the Bible version, the word that was used was in the form of condemnation. But to just give you a lighter a uh, lighter definition in the, uh, the Webster's Dictionary. It says, to form a negative opinion about. Who here has never thought of a negative opinion on others? Every one of us have judged in some way or form. We have all pointed fingers. We have all blamed someone. We have had 
negative opinions on what others say, do, wear, what they did in the past. Maybe some of us don't verbalize it as much. But if we are really honest, these thoughts come into our heads. And we have the tendency as human beings to judge others. In the message version, I love the translation. It says, those people are on a dark spiral downward. But if you think that leaves you on a high ground where you can point your finger at others, think again. Every time you criticize someone, you condemn yourself. Listen to this. It takes one to know one. Judgmental criticism of others is a well-known way of escaping detection in your own crimes and misdemeanors. But God isn't so easily diverted. He sees right through all such smoke screens and holds you to what you have done. You may say, Vians, hindi naman ako ganun na level sa iba. But if you think that leaves you on a high ground that you can point others, think again. And you know why it's so easy to judge some, uh, some other people and find fault in them? Because it takes one to know one. We ourselves are judges, and that's why it's easy for us to judge others. This is not my words, this is the text, this is the text preaching. Criticizing others, it says here, is a well-known way of escaping detection. So, bakit daw we like to condemn others, or why we like to point what's wrong in others? So that it takes away the focus on us. When we blame others, every focus goes to sino yung binlame. It doesn't go on us. But God isn't so easily diverted because He sees right through you. He sees right through me. Even I, as I was preparing for this text, God has slapped me multiple times. I couldn't even sleep last night because of how I was wrestling with the text. Because I myself am a judger. That is in the, the human heart. It's deceitful. It judges. So, but if you think this sermon doesn't apply to you, let it be known that we are all guilty as judges. We saw this a lot during election campaign season. You know, I was... I even became self-righteous, which... I'll, like I would say sometimes na parang, I can't believe na he or she said that. Christian pa naman. Grabe naman yun siya, pastor, church leader pa naman. Ganun yung mga posts niya sa Facebook. Grabe, condescending masyado. Divisive, toxic. Grabe na yan, political idolatry. Sobrang passionate pag politics. Join-join ng rally. Share-share pa ng post. Pero pag GCAF Manila post, hindi i-share. Wala tayong mag-small group pero ang daming time mag-away ng ibang tao on political post. I myself was judging. I was not verbalizing them but I myself confess to judge. We all judge at some point. If we're really honest, we criticize. But sometimes we are blinded that when we judge them in our head, it is also judging. Judging. We may not be as vocal, but we judge them in our hearts. 
And sometimes we even think we're better than them. When we te- eh, bakit ganyan yung ginagawa nila? Grabe talaga. Kaya yan, hindi sila mature. Ako mature. Sometimes these are the things we don't actually try to focus on it, but sometimes they come out of the meditation of our hearts. Which leads me to the second point, which is judgment. In verse 1 to 3 to 8, it says, Therefore, you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges. For in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself. Because you, the judge, practice the very same things. We know that the judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice such things. Do you suppose, O man, you who judge those who practice such things and yet do them yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? Skip to verse 8. But those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. This text is tough. In passing judgment on others, we have condemned ourselves. So if at some point, nag-judge ka in your head, kahit hindi mo sinabi, you have condemned yourself. And there is a tendency to judge and yet practice the same things. Bato-bato sa langit, tamaan, huwag magalit. When we judge others of their greed. So if you go back to yung verse kanina sa chapter 1. When we judge others of their greed, of being corrupt. Na bakit yan sila binuboto ng mga tao, bobo, cor- corrupt. Corrupt na, alam na, hundreds of millions na ang ninakaw, billions na ang ninakaw. Yet, we ourselves steal coins from our parents. You talk about judging greed and being corrupt, yet we don't even return the change when we are asked to buy something. When we judge others of their hate and toxicity, yet we ourselves also harbor hate in our hearts. We try to judge others of deception, of sharing fake news, yet we ourselves lie to avoid punishment or to get favor. We judge others of gossip, yet we ourselves gossip and backstab others when they are not there. Are you getting this? Arrogance. We judge others of their arrogance, yet we ourselves practice self-righteousness. We think we are holier than others. When we judge others of their dishonoring, disowning their parents, nagbad words pa sa nanay niya, yet we ourselves shout and disrespect our parents. We have all been hypocrites and deserve judgment. That's the truth. We are all sinners and deserve God's wrath. In Amplified Version, it says, Therefore, you have no excuse or justification. Every one of you who hypocritically judges and condemns others. For in passing judgment on another person, you condemn yourself. Because you who judge from a position of arrogance or self-righteousness are habitually practicing the very same things which you denounce. Again, we're talking about corrupt people in government. Yet we still, we talk about toxicity in social media, yet we ourselves harbor hate. 
We talk about sharing fake news, yet we ourselves lie. We talk about gossip, yet we ourselves backstab others when, are, when they're not there. We talk about arrogance of people, yet we ourselves are self-righteous. We talk about dishonoring, disowning parents, yet we ourselves don't even respect our own. This is the judgment that we are supposed to have. As self-righteous people, we have no right to judge, yet we judge and we deserve wrath. I just cross-reference to Matthew 7. It says here, Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me get rid of the speck in your eye when you can't even see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with a speck in your friend's eye. The, the standard you use by judging is the standard by which you judge. And we all know we judge. So imagine if we are being judged by how we judge. Why be quick to point specks in another person's eye when we have a log in your own. See this picture? Maybe this is the only picture where you might laugh in this service. But this guy is trying to point out a speck in the green guy's shirt guy's eye. May konting speck sa kanyang mata. But this guy with a big log in his eye, mas unya na pa nakita yung speck sa isa kaysa sa kanyang own log. This is what happens when we judge. We have the tendency to be blinded on what is wrong or what we need to look into and what we need to reflect, yet we are very quick to point out what's wrong in others. There is a tendency to try to deflect like the verse Kanina said, we deflect, but God sees through the smoke screens. He sees right through us. Deal with your own sin first and, and, with a, and help with a motive to restore others. Question, how have you judged people during the past few months? We all have blind spots that we need to reflect, like the log represents. Do we sometimes think that our sins are more respectable? Do we sometimes think that we know better than everyone? To think that we are above others but because we follow certain do's and don'ts is arrogance and arrogance is anti-Jesus. We are not holier than others by our own selves. It says here, the self-righteous judge assigns guilt to others, yet they refuse to see it in themselves. Again, the self-righteous judge assigns guilt to others, yet they refuse to see things in themselves. 
You know, apart from Christ, we are all destined to eternal judgment, which leads us to our third point. There is only one righteous judge. In Romans 2, verse 9 to 11, it says, There will be tribulation and distress for every human being who does evil, the Jew first and also the Greek. But glory and honor and peace for everyone who does good, the Jew first and also the Greek. For God shows no partiality. You know why He's the only righteous judge? He is the only one worthy to judge because He is perfect and He is impartial. He does not show favoritism. God is the only one worthy to judge because He made no sin. He is perfect. We as sinners do not have the right to judge because we are not perfect and we are impartial. We, are, we, we pick favorites. He alone is perfect and has the right to judge. In the Amplified Version, it says, For God shows no partiality, no arbitrary favoritism. With Him, one person is not more important than another. Walang favoritism kay God, everyone is equal in His eyes. In Isaiah 2, verse 17, it says, Human pride will be humbled and human arrogance will be brought down. Only the Lord will be exalted on the day of judgment. He alone is the one worthy to be exalted in the day of judgment because He is alone without sin. So what now, Vians? You made me feel bad already the past few minutes. What, what now? What now, Vians? I have judged and I deserve judgment. What hope do I have now? What hope do we have now? Good thing is, it doesn't stop there. Pangit naman if we end here and like all, we all just feel like, sorry for the word, we all feel like crap. And voila, we are judged, we have no hope. But praise God, we have hope. There is a bonus point, which is repentance. It says in verse 4, Or do you presume on the riches of His kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. Praise God, we serve a God that is kind, forgiving, and patient. Praise the Lord that His kindness, His kindness thou is for your previous sins, His forbearance is for your current sins, and His patience is for your future sins which you will keep committing. His kindness, His forbearance, His patience. He is so kind and forgiving and patient that He gives us chances to come and repent. In, in Amplified Version, it says, The wealth of His kindness and tolerance and patience in withholding His wrath. So last week, Hurry preached about the wrath of God. It is intense. Like we should praise God that He withholds His wrath. Because the moment we sin, if He doesn't withhold wrath, we would all die immediately. If He did not have patience, if He did not want us to repent, if He did not give us chances, if He did not give, if he did not give us hope, 
we would have all been dead by now. But praise God, we serve a God who is kind. And His kindness should not be put to waste. God's kindness is meant to lead us to repentance. It means stop your current judging. Stop your current sinning and repent and follow Christ. Again, stop your current judging. Stop your current sinning. Repent and follow Christ. This is not just for you. This is also for me. And I'll share a, a story in the Bible where this happened. It's a story on a woman caught in adultery. You know, it says here, Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning, he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of the religious laws and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? These Pharisees, the self-righteous people, they were trying to trap Jesus into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer, so he stood up again and said, All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. And then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, all the Pharisees, all who were self-righteous, the, these judges, they slipped away one by one. Isa -isa, they were slipping away one by one beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus, the righteous judge, was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, Neither do I. Go and sin no more. This girl was... In, in the old context, this girl, I think, was also naked. Because in Bible stories, hindi pwede yun ipakita sa picture. But if you really go to the story, caught in adultery, meaning they were doing an act, they were seen in their sin, and this woman was pulled out naked. Gusto pahiyain ng mga self-righteous Pharisees, the religious people of their day, and brought them out and they asked Jesus, let's kill this woman. They were trying to, to trap, but Jesus was so kind, forgiving. His kindness was meant to repentance. He did not condemn the woman. Jesus showed her love and forgiveness and told her to repent. He said, neither do I. I do not condemn you. Go and sin no more. He didn't say, Sige, go, just go back to your life. He said, yes, I'm not judging you, but don't go and just go back to your own life. Go and see no more, repent. Go to me. God's kindness was meant to lead us to repentance. You know, Jesus did not come to condemn the world. He came to save the world. For God so loved us, the world, but why do we sometimes think that it's our job to condemn the world? Again, Jesus did not come to condemn the world. He came to save it. 
But why do we sometimes think it's our job to condemn? Take time to reflect. What's growing in your life? The desire to condemn or the desire to trust God's righteous judgment? What's growing in your life? The desire to condemn or the desire to trust God's righteous judgment? You know, as the key point, God's kindness is meant to lead us to repentance. It's our key role as Christians. We are bearers of God's gospel of love, kindness, forgiveness, and reconciliation. Again, as Christians, we are bearers of God's gospel of love, kindness, forgiveness, and reconciliation. We are not called to be like Pharisees and point out everyone's mistakes and judge them. Yes, we are called to discipline one another in love and grace, but we are also to be bearers of God's gospel of love, kindness, forgiveness, and reconciliation. We cannot win a world, as, as Christians, we cannot win a world when our main goal is to always be right. Loving kindness wins more people to Christ than always being right. Again, loving kindness wins more people to Christ than always being right. If our goal is just to always be right, then nothing separates us from Pharisees of the day, of the old day. We are not Pharisees. The, the love of God, the kindness of God, the forgiveness of God, and the reconciliation of God was given to us and we can give it freely. Again, loving kindness wins more people to Christ than always being right. You know, as Christians, we first pledge allegiance to Christ and His kingdom before allegiance to our country. Don't get me wrong, I'm not being apolitical. I love my country. I love my fellow Filipinos. And I will do what I can to help build this nation. But I am a first debtor to the gospel. And those who have not heard the gospel of Christ. As a church, we chose not to be so involved in certain things and there were we were bashed for being apolitical. It's not that we don't love the country. It's, it's not that we don't love our Filipinos. It's not that we don't fight for righteousness. But we are first debtors to the gospel. And for those who have not yet heard it. So God wants us to repent and turn to Him. So why? This is an article I read. Let me just read it. It's quite long. But listen with all your heart. Why do we Christians allow ourselves to be divided about the issues of the day? when we are stewards of the message that has the potential to make the most difference. As Christians, we collectively have a responsibility. The good news is, it's not our responsibility to solve the world's problems. That's not our calling. We will never agree on how to solve all the world's problems. We will all have different perspectives and different experiences and biases. 
We won't always agree on how to solve our nation's problems. Some of us can't even solve our own problems. Fortunately, Jesus had not commissioned us to solve the world's problems. After all, Jesus' own execution was triggered by a very broken justice system unduly influenced by lobbyists in the day. He died on a cross he did not deserve to be nailed to. Yet Jesus forgave the very people who nailed him there. Jesus did not address the broken justice system. He came to address something else. The hearts of the people behind the systems. The hearts that created, defended, and profited of the system. As Christians, we are not told to... Our primary calling is not to break the justice system. Our primary calling is to reach people and help the Holy Spirit transform the hearts behind the systems. The hearts that created, defended, and profited of our systems, the systems we live in today. Everything that disturb, disturbs you about the Philippines originated in the hearts of people. Are you disturbed by people fighting one another? Are you bothered by the condescending tone and dehumanizing terminology that characterizes our national conversation? That's not a political problem. Jesus labeled this behavior a heart problem. So if everything that disturbs us as a nation stems from the human heart, why are so we so entangled by secondary concerns? Why do we allow ourselves to be divided about the issues of the day when we are stewards of the message that has the potential to make the most difference? Again, Jesus did not commission us to solve the world's problems. He commissioned us to go and make disciples. And as we make disciples, the Holy Spirit is the one that will transform the hearts of the people. We have to unite as a body of Christ to rally around winning souls and making disciples of Jesus Christ, teaching them kingdom values and how it is applied. The key challenge is, can we as a body of Christ focus on what Jesus focused on? The hearts of people. Let's pray for the salvation of our leaders. Let's pray for the transformation of hearts that come from the work of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray for revival for this nation. Let's pray for the lives to be transformed one, one life at a time by each one sharing the gospel. Do you want to build a better nation? Do you want to help in nation building? Start by reaching people with the gospel and help develop the future leaders of this nation. That's our role, to raise the next generation of God-fearing, humble, honest, strong servant leaders who will have compassion for their fellow Filipinos, those one who will speak up and protect the oppressed and underprivileged. Our role as a church is to, in nation building is to raise the future leaders of this nation, to disciple them in Christ-likeness. Let's pray. Lord, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, that we are not doomed, even if we are judges and we deserve judgment. Thank you that your kindness, your forbearance, your love, your reconciliation is there, giving us a chance to repent.
that you don't want us to stay where we are like the adulterous woman. You did not condemn us, but you gave us a way to repent. You gave your son to die for our sins. Now maybe some of you here are have never accepted Jesus Christ in your life. I'd like to give you an opportunity. Maybe some of you here, physical or online, maybe you've never, never given your heart to the Lord. Now's the time. Today is the day of salvation. Let me pray for you. You can repeat my words. Lord, I am a sinner. And I cannot save myself. Thank you for dying on the cross to pay for my sins. Thank you for withholding your wrath. Thank you for giving me a chance to come back to you. I commit my life to you. I surrender it to you. Take it. Mold me into the person you want me to be. And maybe some of you here are convicted to repent. Maybe you've judged others. Maybe you've been judged. Or maybe you've also been the self-righteous one. Maybe you think you're holier than others. Maybe think you know more than others. Maybe some of you here need reconciliation with family members. Maybe you've been disowned. Or maybe you've been the one that's been disowning. Lord, we pray for reconciliation upon families. We pray for reconciliation upon this nation. We pray for all Christians to stand up, not for being right, but for being loving, forgiving, and leading others to repentance. Lord, we pray for the revival of this nation. Lord, we pray for revival for this land. We pray for the leaders of this nation. We pray that they would be rich with the gospel. We pray that kingdom values would be taught them. They would be able to get mentors and people that would teach them the ways of the Lord. And that they would grow in humility, in service, in love for one another, in not self-seeking but putting other people beyond themselves. We pray for the future leaders of this nation that we are called to disciple. We pray that they would rise up, that there would be more influential Christians in our generation and the generations to come that will change not the systems but the hearts that creates those systems. Be glorified in our surrender. We pray for revival in Jesus' name. Amen. Gcast Manila community on Facebook and other social media platforms for more. Together, let's continue to obey beyond borders.